the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Heavenly Father, please um, give me grace to speak and all of us ears to hear that we might understand more thoroughly with our hearts the truth and mystery of your triune being this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We readily perceive in the scriptures that God is three, and we believe and we confess that he is one. In the Bible, there are revealed Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the Bible teaches, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And I, I've become convinced that the best angle of approach to trying to understand the trying nature of our God is um, to sort of begin with the assertion of the three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then in faith assert and, and, and claim the oneness, rather than coming from the other direction of saying, yes, I know God is one and somehow he's three. To kind of bring actually the faith element, the sort of where does the puzzle lie into the oneness. I found it to be more fruitful for reflection and for theology. And what is an impossibility to the mathematician and logician is the fundamental truth of our Christian confession. Now, it is the case, of course, that the depths of the essence of our infinite God are unfathomable, even by the, when we, having received the gift of the Holy Spirit, we will never uh, exhaust, we will never get to the bottom of knowing God as he is, even in, even in heaven. Even when we see him, as it were, face to face, we never get to the bottom of God because he's infinite. Nevertheless, um, the doctrine of the Trinity is perhaps, I want to suggest, it's not quite so hard to understand as we sometimes joke about on Trinity Sunday. If, and this is the conditional if, if we seek that understanding with faith. If we come to God saying, God, I believe before we even begin the investigation, I believe this is true about you, that in a supra-logical supra way, you are three and you are one, please give me understanding. If we come with faith, he will give understanding. And the example that comes to mind um, to me is um, of how this works. Like, is it not just some sort of self-trickery if you sort of begin with the belief and then seek the understanding? The picture that comes to mind um, for me this morning is the experience of magic eye pictures. Um, I, I assume maybe some of it, especially the kids, but um, do most of you remember what a magic eye is? For those of you who don't, do you guys know what a magic eye is? Have you ever heard of magic eye? No? Right. Yeah, so it was the thing. Do you know magic? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was the thing in like the late 90s, early 2000s where it was like these posters with like all these squiggly like blobs of color on. It looks kind of almost like a very complex tapestry of just like blue, purple, yellow. They're all different colors but it looked like, like a Jackson Pollock almost, just like ink on a page. Um, and you were told when you see Magic Eye that if you stare at it and you focus your eyes just right, you'll see an image pop out in 3D and it'll be like this incredible panoramic 3D like visual experience through the, the colors. 
Um, and those of us who were around then remember spending, some of us, many hours of like, what is this? There were even some cultural commentators who wondered, is this just like some big national prank that has like punked the whole world? Like, because we've got all these people in shop windows sort of like, ah, I think I see it, I think I see it. <laughs> um, but it was not a prank. What's crazy is how, whatever they do in the sort of like knowledge of like how light works in the eye, and I, I remember, I never forget the first time it happened. It was like, you're looking at all these random colors, it looks like nothing, and all of a sudden, you see this like very clear 3D image of a man on a bike, or a dinosaur, or skyscrapers, and it's like, whoa! And you just, you see it in an instant. And then, you sort of, you acquire the ability to like, kind of dial in your eye muscles, and then you can see them really quickly after that. Um, did any of you have the experience of like seeing, it was very satisfying, wasn't it? Like, ah, there it is. Um, so anyways, you can, maybe it can be a new retro fad, bringing back the magic eye. Um, but there's an element there where you were just believing because someone said there's an image there. You're like looking at these colors like, there's not an image. And you, for, for many minutes you think like, is that the skyscraper? Is that the skyscraper? And then all of a sudden, oh no, there, there it is. Um, I think our spiritual understanding of God and his triune nature it has a little bit of this quality, right? We just take it on spec. We've been told it's true. We keep looking at it, and then by his grace, the sort of the skyscraper pops out. The reality of who he is as Trinity ceases to be just kind of a mathematical, dogmatic, confusing piece. and just becomes this reality we live in. And, it, and it's still veiled behind, you know, rationality never grips it. It's gripped with the, with the mind, but with the spiritual mind, not the fleshly mind. Um, and it's very satisfying to then see, and when I say see, I don't mean like some sort of mystical like vision. That's, that's what we hope for for eternity. I mean just perceive the truth of it. We believe in God who is Trinity. The triune God always acts as one. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit always do everything together because they are one. Nevertheless, the Bible also, in many places in the New Testament, accents specific actions of one person or the other, and to sort of consider that specific action of the one person actually guides our minds into Trinitarian mystery. Just so, 2 Corinthians 13. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We begin, as it were, our entry point to understanding the Trinity with Jesus. He's the one who revealed it before Jesus spoke it clearly. We didn't know there was three persons of the Trinity. He is our, our entry road into understanding the Trinity. And we also begin not with knowledge, but with grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he gave his life for us. Because he gave, shed his blood that our sins would be forgiven. Because he was raised from the dead so that the gift of himself could be distributed to all who come to him in faith. He has given us his grace. Grace is forever brought to us through his divinized humanity that now sits at the right hand of the Father. Yet, the Father who sent Jesus shows us grace. Right? We are pardoned on Judgment Day by the judgment of God the Father because of Jesus Christ. So God shows us, God the Father shows us grace. As Jesus shows us grace. And the Spirit of Christ, who unites us to Christ, shows us grace. 
grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of our triune God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and God in this formula, as in most places in the New Testament, when just God is mentioned, sometimes it clearly means the triune God by the Son and Spirit. It usually is pointing specifically to God the Father. Think about John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Well, a father is the one who has a son, right? So, and just so, the thing we know cardinally about God the Father is his love. The love of God. Just as in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And yet Jesus also shows us his love by laying down his life for his friends. Us. And the Holy Spirit sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. So all three persons of the Trinity are enfolded in the love of God the Father. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit, Spirit meaning first the union of the Christian soul with God the Spirit. Begun in baptism. And it leads us to have ever deeper, this is the Greek word here is koinonia, ever deeper koinonia with God. Through God the Holy Spirit, we have koinonia with God the Son. And through the Spirit and the Son, we have koinonia, deep, essential fellowship with God the Father. God the Father extends his fellowship to us through his Son, through his Spirit to us on earth. When we think of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, my guess is your ear might gloss that phrase as to think, oh, the church, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And that's true. We do have unity with each other in the church. But this unity is downstream. It derives from the unity that we have with God. It's more like the way spokes relate to the hub of a wheel. That because each of us has been ransomed and united to the eternal God, through him, we have our eternal bond with each other and the fellowship that we share. I think I must have just watched a lot of those cartoons in the 90s. Big, lots of 90s references today. Um, where there's all these kind of like these beams of light, superpowers things. The beam of light, the connection of love, isn't, as it were, like heart to heart, you to me. It's we are connected to God and in him we share true supernatural unity surpassing any unity on earth. And this is why, oh, I missed a point. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is not to unite us one to, one to another. That's the sort of auxiliary benefit. The purpose is to draw us up into the life of God. And this is sort of the landing place where we should come to it mentally every Trinity Sunday, is that the knowledge of the Trinity isn't knowledge for its own sake. We're just describing the reality that we have been swept up into the very life of Almighty God, who is triune. We're describing the reality we participate in through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, through the grace of Jesus Christ, because of the love of God the Father. Amen.